This is the Intuitive Leadership Mastery Podcast. What would it take for you to double your profits and half your stress with your intuition? Learn how with your host, Michael Light. Hi, welcome back to the show. I'm here with James Jacobson, and he is a best-selling author of How to Meditate with Your Dog, which you might think didn't apply to your business, but we're going to discover differently. And he's also CEO of Functional Nutriments, if I've got that right, James. That is correct. It's great to be with you, Michael. It's great to be with you. So I, I've been known you for a while now, and I know you use your intuition in your business. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Well, sure. I am a dyed-in-the-wool entrepreneur. I've uh, built and sold a number of companies, probably one of those entrepreneurs who you know started back in high school. And whether I call it intuition or gut instinct, I've definitely always connected to that feeling of mm, intuition, as you talk about in your book, um, in terms of what to do next, who to hire, who to fire, where to travel. Um, basically, everything I run through a litmus test that is beyond what I think or what I feel and where where it feels right. And uh, usually when I do that, things work out really well. And when I don't or when I ignore those that gut feeling, things don't work out so well. Mm. Yeah, I think a lot of us have had that experience, but um, it sounds like you're good at actually hearing your intuitive messages. Maybe you could tell us a bit more about how you personally hear them. Well, that, I mean, that actually is through meditation. Um, I think that you know people meditate for a variety of different reasons, and sometimes uh, people believe, uh, and I would say erroneously, that the purpose of meditation is just to totally clear the head and to, uh, and to, whenever a thought comes in, to let it go and just let it go and let it go. Once you become, but I believe that once you become proficient at meditation, you will start to get more uh, intuitive thoughts. In other words, thoughts that are more worth following a bit. And that is something that I've just been lucky to have experienced when I was a kid, like, I don't know, like two or three years old, I, I, I would sit and just sort of be quiet and, 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 and navel gaze or just focus on nothing and or what we now call meditate. And that's where I was able to hear that small, but very uh, uh, intelligent voice. And that's what I call intuition. Mm. So, Meditation is not just to clear out the clutter from our mind, the monkey mind, as some people call it, but it's also to listen to our intuitive mind. Absolutely, I think that's. I think that's. I think that's the key because you first of all have to be able to discern the difference. So I think one of the things that meditation does is it teaches you discernment and the ability to to figure out if it is that monkey mind or if it is something that is truly worth listening to or worth following. And so once you develop that filter, then you can know, okay, this is a, this is, this is a thought that is worth uh, contemplating. So this is sort of like a, a, a spam filter for the intuition <laughs> inbox of your meditative mind. That is a great way of looking at it. Yes. Cause you can, you know, if you're, if you're thinking about, you know, picking up 
the groceries or what you're going to do or whatever. That's not necessarily, you know, that's probably not an intuitive hit that you need to really engage with. But if it, if, if it, and, and if, it, if you can feel it in your heart, you can feel it like your, 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 your higher self or whatever you want to call it is suggesting that, Hey, this is worth, this is, this is really some juicy ground to, to chew about, to chew through. It's, perfectly fine in in my opinion to do that during meditation so help me understand how do you distinguish between monkey mind thoughts worries all that ego talk and real messages from your intuition i think at the beginning if you once if someone is is new to meditation i think it's a little bit difficult so if you're new to meditation what i advise is you um do what most people do during meditation, which is when a thought comes in, just lovingly let it go, sort of see it like a cloud across the sky and move on to the next thing. And then it's the space between those clouds that is true meditation bliss. So, but after having done that for a while, the um, quality, the, the discernment quality will start to be developed so that when you see or feel or this, this more interesting thing that you perhaps have been thinking about or or grappling with comes into your mind allow it to be there for a moment don't just dismiss it explore it and feel into it and see if there's something there that is worth pondering meditating on and when you say meditating i i I, some people might have a mental image that you have to like you know, shave your head and sit in lotus pose in a monastery in the middle of Tibet, but not everyone who has a business could do that. So what what, what are the different meditative options people could use? Well, I'm I'm a firm believer that it doesn't matter how long you meditate for, but it's the daily practice of meditation. So I like, even if if all you can do is three minutes a day, that's fine. Uh, just do it. It's so much better. It's better to do three minutes a day than, than 20 minutes a week. Um, the and meditation doesn't obviously you don't need to be in an ashram and you don't need to be anywhere you just need to basically be able to go to a quiet place although i have meditated in the middle of new york city outdoors um and you just need to be able to close your eyes i think that does help um and and sit and focus on your breath and that is really the, the, the simplest way to start meditation. In my book, How to Meditate with Your Dog, I obviously talk about how if you have a dog or a pet, you can leverage that connection you have with your animal to meditate. But that is, you don't, you don't need a dog or a cat. You basically just need yourself to do it. But sometimes people will do things for their dog that they would never do for themselves. So that, that's the idea behind that. Well, let's come back to the dog part because I think that's very interesting. Um, but are you saying you could be in your office, you could close the door, put your phone on, do not disturb, mm-hmm. you know, turn off any notifications from your computer and just close your eyes for three minutes and do that once a day and that would produce benefit? I absolutely. I think I think doing that, I think adding it as part of a morning ritual is nice. Um, but and perhaps doing it you know, other times of the day, but certainly um, doing it anywhere in your office, outside in nature. I, I, you know, if, if 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 the weather permits, I think doing it outside in nature is a great idea. 
Mm -hmm. You might even be waiting for something to happen. You know, maybe you're, you're in a line somewhere or you could just meditate then. Absolutely. I, th I think that, you know, it's, it's really setting the intention, to use your word, it's setting the intention and doing it. That it's, it's mm -hmm. the practice. It's, it's just the practice of, do, of sitting, of, of choosing to do it. Um, and sometimes for early meditators, for people who are just beginning a meditation practice, I firmly believe in the idea of fake it till you make it meaning just do it just pretend if you, if you have to conjure some idea of a of a yogi sitting on top of a mountain and doing it do that just feign it you know create the body imagery to do it and then the actual faking it will will make it real and you will experience it because it is one of the most simple things to do, but I truly believe one of the most beneficial that we can do for, for ourselves, for our loved one, for the planet. I mean, it's, it's a little bit, when you say do it every day, it's a little bit like working out, you know, instead of working out once in January after you make new year's revolutions for an hour and then <laughs> giving it up, it's better to do three minutes a day of something. Absolutely. It's just, it's the regularity of it that matters as opposed to the depth. And I know that uh, when someone's starting a meditation practice, it can seem intimidating and scary and like, I can't get this right. And if I sit down and meditate and all these thoughts come into my head and that's okay. The Dalai Lama, has, he can't even meditate for there's no one who can. You're always thinking about things because it's the nature of being a human being. What you can do, though, is lovingly release those thoughts, notice them as there are clouds across the sky, and then go on to the next one until another cloud comes along. And it's that little space between those thoughts, the little space between those clouds, that's meditation bliss. It may only be a few seconds, but cumulatively, they add up and they have value. It, it it kind of reminds me of, you know, keeping my room clean when I used to do all my cleaning myself. Uh -huh. um, you know, you, you don't say I'm going to clean my room every day and expect it to be clean before you start cleaning it. Exactly. Exactly. There's going to be some dirt and gunk and yucky stuff to clean up when you sit down and meditate. And, um, you know, so many people today are addicted to their phones or other devices and they're afraid to go to that quiet space because then they might have to deal with some difficult emotions or unpleasant thoughts of being lurking around in the background. There are. But and I know that a lot of your listeners are, are sort of technology uh, fans. So let me share with you something that I've been meditating with. It's actually a, 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 it's a tech app. Uh, it's called Muse. Um, M-U-S-E. It's from a Canadian company. It is a headband that you your for across your forehead and your temples that monitors it's an EEG monitor and it used to be really expensive to make these types of things like thousands of dollars I believe it's about three hundred dollars now and it uses your smartphone and it gives you it's basically a biofeedback device so for people who like to score things people who track their steps and track every calorie they're eating and all that stuff the the, the this device the muse I think it's com is their website um is a uh device that basically 
helps you stay motivated and it has the ability to do a three-minute meditation, a five-minute meditation or whatever. But you're listening to, um, in my case, I listen to ocean waves and the weather changes as your brain starts to become more active. And when it's calm, it's just a very soft, you know, waves coming in and some birds chirping. If you have monkey mind, you'll, <laughs> the weather gets a lot worse and it sounds stormy and, and the waves are pretty, pretty violent. So that's a, that's a cool hack for, for people who, who are interested in that type of thing. You don't need the reality is you don't need to spend three hundred dollars. You don't need to do anything other than close your eyes and be. Yeah, and and some people like listening to meditation music. You know, particularly mm -hmm. if it's bioral beats, where there's a different sound going in each ear, and it kind mm -hmm. of makes your brain go into a, right. uh, you know, a meditative uh, waveform. Guided um, imagery, guided imagery, or guided meditation yeah. is is also really good as well. So what it really, it doesn't matter whether you use a vacuum cleaner or a broom or a dusting cloth to clean your room. The question is, do you commit to doing it every day? Amen. So, um, so let, let me ask a question to our listeners. What would it take you to meditate for at least three minutes every day? Ponder that. <laughs> Maybe in your next meditation. <laughs> Hopefully. Because I find if I ask a what would it take question before I meditate and then let it go, sometimes things pop up in my mind during the meditation. Well, I mean, that what would it take is, is you're, you're sort of known for that. And that is a wonderful question because it really does open and engage the mind to look at possibilities. It does. I, I feel what would it take is a bit like typing a search into Google. You, you put the what would it take into your mind. And then all kinds of answers come back from your intuition. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Because the answers are there. Are answers I hadn't, yeah. They're there, but I, I hadn't been listening to them. Mm -hmm. And silencing the mind through meditation is a way to enhance that listening ability. And that's where you, you know, to, to bring this full circle, that's where your intuition starts to kick in and you're able to recognize that brilliant intuitive voice that you have, that we all have. Now, some people I'm imagining are thinking, I don't have time to take three minutes out of my day to meditate. <laughs> Uh, you don't and have time not to. What would you say? <laughs> you don't have time not to. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing that, you know, there's three minutes. Why is that? Why well, is that? Why is that that you don't have time not to? Because, I mean, there are so many benefits of it. And, and I guarantee you that there is no one who can't find three minutes to do that. If you have to do it while you're in the shower, do it while you're shaving, do it while you're in the bathroom, um, do it while you walk your dog. You know, there's a, there are open eyed meditations as well. Um, so, you know, there is always, if you don't have three minutes, you have, a very you you probably have a very serious health crisis. Mm. So, but does this actually, you know, if you look at how productive you are when you meditate, you know, for a few minutes in the day mm -hmm. versus if you're just trying to get as much done as you can, do you think you're more productive if you take time out to listen to your intuition? 
Of course, the big I mean, picture thing. It pays so many dividends. It's it, it, if you're a Type A personality, which I am, you it, you you may not want to think of it as you know taking a break or or relaxation. Think of it as just a, a, a as fuel that you're adding. To, you know, this is something you do to receive dividends, and I promise that. The dividends of taking three, five, I mean, I do, I think three is pretty small, but three, five, seven, 12, 20 minutes a day or per meditation session will, will be profound. So, you know, do it and experience it, it, so it and stick with it. I, I, I agree with you. What, what's the, you know, what's an example of some benefit you might have had? Whereas instead of pounding away at the tasks, you took time out to meditate and, and something happened that really benefited your business. One of my um, favorite words in, in business is leverage. And I learned that years ago, 19, 1990, I spent one year uh, as a protege of Jay Abraham and, 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 and he taught me, you know, always look for leverage in a business. And, the leverage that I get from meditating is profound. So if I'm stuck on something, if I'm stuck in a business problem or stuck on, yeah, well, you know, a marketing conundrum or anything. If I just take some time to just distance myself, I, I have a chair. I mean, I do like some rituals associated with meditation. So I have a chair that I, I have two chairs. I have one in my office that I meditate in and then I have one in, I've dedicated a room in my home to a, uh, to be a meditation room. Um, so I will go and, 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 and do that. But, but spending some time in that creates that leverage because then that's, again, different from like just totally trying to be in bliss. That's sort of a purposeful meditation. It's closing. It, it's, I've programmed myself to sort of be open to or to, or to use the, you know, what would it take philosophy um, by saying, okay, I'm going to this is clearly not working. I'm banging my head against the wall. I'm going to do something different. I'm going to meditate and going in and, and then bringing myself into the meditative state. And then because I've sort of seeded it with the idea of the problem that, 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 that motivated me to, to get up, you know, from my work chair, that probably means that in the meditation session, I will start thinking about and feeling, um, another way of looking at or approaching the situation, i.e. leverage. So in other words, you you spent, you know, three minutes or 20 minutes or however many, but you've saved yourself days of going in the wrong direction and maybe tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars of benefit from, from having some new inspirations. Absolutely. And it's and it's a ref, and it's a constantly refined process so it's not like the insight or the inspiration that you glean from an intuitive hit during meditation is the end is is you know is the end all and be all it is just something that may evolve to the next step so when you do it again you know it shifts and again it's it's that getting yourself into the mind space to listen and be receptive to inspiration or intuition that that's that's what it's about. Mm. So you mentioned earlier that you found meditating with your pet mm -hmm. helps. Tell us more about that because I'm curious. I, I know some people bring their dog to work. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, well, um, in How to Meditate Without Your Dog, it, it was basically the genesis of that book was I know that meditation helps everyone, and that it, that it, you know my, one of my one of my goals is to help you know people spend more time 
in the silence and in meditation. And initially, I would teach people to do that who wouldn't meditate otherwise by saying, you can meditate with your dog and, and leveraging the love, again, leverage, leveraging the love that they have and connection that they have with their dog. And dogs are natural meditators. Any dog lover who's listening knows that they've seen their dog in this state that I call hound lounge, where basically the eyes are half open, half closed. They're basically... Uh, just sort of zen-like thing. They're, they're, you know, they, they could be aroused if, if someone rang the doorbell, but they're very content. That's Hound Lounge, which is the doggy equivalent of meditation bliss. So uh, what I talk about, what I teach people to do is to meditate with their pet, which basically is a very simple exercise. You put one hand on, you get close to your dog. So if you have a little dog, they can come up on your lap as I do. If you have a large dog, you get down on the floor with them. Put one hand on, uh, generally the right hand on the uh, dog's heart, chest area, and the other hand on their butt, basically, you know, following the, the energy meridians. But put one hand on their heart, one hand on their butt area, and start to initially follow their breath. Vipassana, you know, this is basically the idea of following the breath. So you are following your dog's breath. And in the beginning, you may start like breathing faster than you normally do, but at least you're becoming aware of your dog's breath. After doing this exercise for a few days, perhaps as long as a few weeks, one of the most remarkable things happens is that instead of you following your dog's breath, they follow your breath. It's pretty cool. Um, it's just basically the, the 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 symbiotic relationship that we have with, the, you know, the, someone who really loves their dog has with their dog and their dog has for them. Obviously, dogs exude unconditional love. So this is really easy for them. They love it. Even if it helps hyperactive dogs calm down, it, it just, it just, it helps separation anxiety. There's so many reasons to do it for the dog's benefit, but the reality is it's for the person. And you've had business inspirations while doing this? Of, of course. Yes. Uh, yeah. uh, I mean, my current, the current company that I'm uh, running is, is definitely uh, a direct result of, of meditating with my dog. Mm. Wow, your your dog must be really valuable at that point. Then. Yes, this was uh, this was uh, yes, absolutely. This was a, another dog, and that that dog passed. But um, absolutely, it's I, it's the uh, I think that you know dog lovers get it, uh, it, and 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 there are so many people who are just you know passionate about their dogs. Now the question is, can you do this with cats? And the answer is yes. Cats are a little different because they're not quite going to sit down and uh, most cats are not going to sit down and, and, and have that direct connection with you during meditation. Although there are some, I call them heart cats and soul cats, but um, that's another book, but the, but dogs are really good at this. And, and, uh, and so that's why I recommend doing it, especially if you think that you can't meditate, but you sure do love your dog. This is an easy way to, to experience it. And can you do this with a friend's dog? Yes. Um, so one of the challenges. So when I went out to promote that book, and it came out years ago, and we did all the and we did all these TV shows across the country. And one of the things that uh, really resonated with the the producers of these various TV shows is that the talent could bring their dog to work 
And my pitch to them was that any dog, you know, you, if you have a strong relationship with your dog, any dog, you can meditate with any dog. So these TV stations would sometimes try to play tricks on me and bring me these really um, sort of ferocious dogs. But, but, and I'm not a dog whisperer, but in the course of doing this on live television, I was able to, to demonstrate it. And the dog, every single dog I did this with live and, and, and this works in, in, in my real experience as well, you know, did get into hound lounge just by, again, setting the intention, doing, putting the hands in those spaces and trusting, believing that it can happen. And it does happen. So maybe we don't need $300 phone apps to measure ourselves. Maybe we just need to talk to our dog. You, you, you just need to meditate with your dog. Um, I, I combine both. Uh, my dog is named, uh, I have two dogs, Kanga and Rue. But you'll, if you have more than one dog, people say like, which dog do I use? You'll know. There's one dog that you're more connected to. So I meditate with Kanga. Kanga sits on my lap. I do use the Muse just because I think it's kind of fun and I'm sort of into quantifying things and you can get scores and all that. But um, you, you, the reality is you don't need anything you don't need a dog you don't you don't need a muse you don't need um, music you just need to make the decision to do it because it is so easy to do and it's so worthwhile and so beneficial and it helps in every area of your life business relationships everything wow you know if if someone could uh, copyright meditation they'd be charging thousands of dollars for the opportunity for people to meditate exactly and i and i, and I think you know and, and the question sometimes people say is well I, meditation is too new age too whatever i want to pray okay uh there is a distinction i think between meditation and prayer but it's kind of refined and and somewhat nuanced but whatever you know there's no dogma there's no religion there's no there's no there's no spiritual imperative other than to just be still and listen and luckily if you're able to do that by following your breath you will get into meditation even for a moment or two that moment or two is profound well, and I think some people think prayer is about making requests from the divine. It's also, and that's fine. That is part of prayer, but also it's about listening to messages from the divine. I think that's pretty much the, I think that is the distinction. You, you said it well, that is the distinction between meditation and prayer because prayer is genuinely, you know, requesting things, but you have to get into the space to actually request by, by listening and, may i even suggest being grateful for all that you do have and that's uh, that's also part of it that that's a great thing so do you ever get uh, speaking of messages from the divine do you ever get messages from your dog or other animals all the time yeah how do you i mean obviously dogs don't talk and they don't email so yeah. how does how would you hear a message from your your pet or they use animal? they use thought pictures so and this is something, so like one of my earliest entrepreneurial ventures many, many, many years ago was a video series called um, You Two Can Talk with the Animals with a famous pet psychic. And basically what I learned from her, Beatrice Lidecker, was that animals create these, they use nonverbal communication because as you say, they don't talk or email. They, they, they think in pictures and children are naturally able to pick up those 
pictures in their mind. It's why so many children's books, you know, are focused on animals having, you know, they're, they're animals that are the main characters. Children are able to naturally pick up on these thought pictures, this nonverbal communication. So it is not uncommon for a kid to say, mommy, mommy, Ro Rover wants a bone. And that's because Rover sent out an image of eating a bone that the kid was able to pick up on. And what happens is mom will say, no, no, that's a nice little thing. You know, I'm glad that, you know, Rover's talking to you and sort of squash that ability to pick up thought pictures. But once you know that you can do it and that's the way that they communicate, you can develop that. And so you can, quote unquote, hear or see what they're saying in thought pictures. I will suggest that the, the thoughts that dogs have are not terribly profound. I've never really encountered a dog that had a thought that's more profound than maybe a three-year-old would, would consider. So these are not, you know, these are not um, philo philosophers, but they're very much living in the moment, which is why they're so good to meditate with. But you can pick up dogs, what they're trying to say and communicate by just by, by looking for that non-verbal communication, those thought pictures. And just as importantly, you can talk back to them by giving them a thought picture and, and they'll understand it. I think that's incredible. Um, and what I do experience is sometimes if I have a, a, a problem I'm working on, I'm listening to my intuitive messages, but I'm not necessarily hearing all of them. Sometimes animals can, can pick up what it is I need to hear and provide that to me. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, so even though they may have the mind of a, you know, a younger human, um, I don't know if it's three years old or whatever, that doesn't mean they can't be helpful in business by giving you that intuition that you need to hear. They'll inspire things, which is, which is, which is key. Mm-hmm. So I, we, you mentioned before we got started talking uh, in this interview that you had a story about a psychic parking spot, and I'm kind of curious about that. <laughs> uh, yeah, we were um, so year, again years and years and years ago when I did a, a, a talk radio show in Washington. There was a psychic on the on the air who was on um, before me, after me, I forgot. And I asked her one day when I was about 15 years old. Um, Am I psychic? And she said, oh, you're really psychic. I said, well, how do you know? She said, well, you're about to get a, your driver's license. I said, oh, you must be psychic, you know, all that. And uh, she said, would you like to always get a parking spot? I was like, sure. So she said, here, you can get a psychic parking spot. So here's all you have to do. Before you get to your destination, envision a car pulling out and you pulling in or the, envision that spot, right? where you want it to be. And Michael, I am many, many years older than 15 at this point. And I have done that my entire life. And I would say 99% of the time, whether it's in midtown Manhattan or a busy suburban area or just anywhere, I have been able to have, quote unquote, a psychic parking spot when I intend or visualize that right before I get there. Wow. And and, it, and, and it I've works. seen I've seen Midtown Manhattan. Those parking <laughs> spots are pretty hard to find. They are hard to find, and they don't recommend driving in, in, in New York unless you're very uh, unless you're used to that. But it is um, 
Definitely uh, uh, something that, that 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 you know because I I was receptive to that idea early on and tried it and didn't resist it and started getting good results that I've become even better at it because I just sort of expect it and it's a rare occasion when I do that and I don't get the spot so it, it's been working for me for many years. Well, and that's a fun thing for people to experiment with because it's kind of a, you know, it's nice to get a good parking spot. But if it if you don't get one, you can always go in a parking garage and pay 20 bucks or whatever they cost these days. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not fatal if it doesn't work out. But it's like a, a low-risk environment to play with these psychic skills that we all have. Yeah, I do another thing with pennies. Um, if you want to see if the universe is divinely abundant, you just have to set the intention that every day I will find money and um, and and sort of be open and receptive to it. And you know what? You will find I, I find money every day. Uh, you know, it's a penny or a nickel or, a, you know, I once found $20. But it is just really setting the intention and being on the lookout for it because you have programmed your mind to be receptive. And by being receptive and being on the lookout, likely to get it so these are cool experiments for us to play with but they don't kind of really impact our business can you do something similar in your business that has a bigger impact well i think finding money every day is pretty good um so if you if you you know this is about setting the intention of of uh uh, uh, figuring out you know what you want and, and and going out and doing it and knowing that every day you're moving closer to it i think when you, as it applies to business, because we're not talking about pennies or quarters or even $20, it's about looking at what the steps are that are necessary to get to where you want to be or where you'd like to be. And there is no better way of knowing where you'd like to be than drawing on your intuition, drawing on your, on your subconscious to intuit and to know what what success looks like and go there and mm-hmm. also do that with the um, uh, permission that uh, and, and and the acceptance that this is going to change this is not you know this is where this is what it this is what it feels like looks like today but it could change in the future and being malleable to that because yeah, you know, I, I love I love the 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 uh, the phrase. Uh, if you want to hear God laugh, tell him your plans. So, I mean, that idea of setting your intention and clearly visualizing it and just feeling certain that it's going to come—that's um, something you know that really resonates with me. I, I wrote about that in my book, Intuitive Leadership Mastery, for goal setting, hiring, sales. You know, if you're hiring, you need to visualize what is the ideal candidate and just see them easily coming in to your business instead Absolutely. of making the whole hiring process a struggle. Absolutely. So anything else you want to share? I know we're coming up against time here on the episode. So No, the, I, I've enjoyed uh, chatting with you and, and sharing with you some of these things that I've been doing for years. And uh, they're very much, you know, sort of outside of what, I'm known for or what I do these days, but I would say that they're all uh, connected and, and, and it's sort of uh, been a delight to share with you. 
Well, thank you so much, James. It's been delightful talking with you. Get strategies and show notes at intuitiveleadershipmastery.com. What would it take to see you here next time on the Intuitive Leadership Mastery Podcast?